Hello everybody, I'm here with uh, a man that doesn't like to be caught on the microphone that often. Stan Chen, who Stan actually has possibly one of the longest ever titles that I've ever had the chance to introduce. So I so much so I had to write it down, well in this case type it on my phone into an email so I could make sure I memorized and got it out correctly. He is the Senior Manager of Events, Sponsorships and Motorsports here at Toyo Tires. So Stan, what does that actually mean you really do that? Uh, I handle all the fun stuff. Uh, as, as the title suggests, it involves anything that evolve, involves events. So whether it's a car show, a truck show, a trade show, uh, the Tread Pass, uh, SEMA, all that, that falls under me. Um, sponsorships. So I handle all the sponsorships for Toyota Tires. That involves our show sponsorships, our racers, um, to even non-endemic stuff like the UFC. And now, we're here because, obviously, Toyo Tread Pass. So how, do you want to tell us how sort of the inception of this came about and where that it sort of comes from, its, its origin, origins of sorts? So the Tread Pass started, I want to say, about eight years ago. Um, back, back in the day, if, if all you guys are familiar with the SEMA show, there used to be a place called Mopar Alley, and it connected the Central Hall and the South Hall uh, of the Las Vegas Convention Center for SEMA. So when they had uh, decided not to renew... I was approached by them to say, if, hey, if you want to take the space over. Um, it was definitely interesting for us, so we took it on. Uh, I will say, though, you know, when we came up with the space and the idea, uh, the very first year, it was very difficult for us to get any vehicles to participate. You know, everybody's in their mindset is, if I'm at SEMA, I want to be in a booth. But In one of the halls? In a hall, in a booth, that's the spot to be in. So... The first year was difficult in uh, sourcing vehicles. Uh, we were able to do that, had some debut vehicles, but as the years progressed, uh, I guess the name and the, the idea of Treadpass kind of grew. And from there, we were able to source world debut vehicles only, and it became uh, kind of a, a destination for, for builders and media. I mean, I'd say it's one of the highlights of the, the SEMA show. I mean, I you know. I'm, I mean, you're, you're, you might be a little bit biased here, but I'm not. But I could say it's one of the best places to go to when you get to SEMA. I appreciate that. You know, I mean, there's always work to be done. Uh, there's always improvements to be made. So, you know, hearing that from outside sources, you know, uh, from the media, to, like I said, builders and other enthusiasts, it, it means a lot. And so, obviously, 2020 has been a little bit more difficult, a different and difficult than usual than any other year. So... When uh, the, cha the changes sort of came about with regards to COVID, how did you guys at uh, uh, Tire sort of react to that? Um, obviously, things said they were going to go ahead, like, for example, the SEMA show and then cancellation things happened. How did that sort of shape your, your world this year going into it? Well, it definitely took a hit on us from an event standpoint. I think from a business standpoint, it's, you know, it was, it was business as usual. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, you know, the, the events, cancellations, took a big hit for us because uh, again that's primarily what, what my side does um, we were able to still handle races so all the off-road races that took place this year still kind of went on um, so th that at least that was was a good thing for us um, but yeah from a car show standpoint trade shows being kind of taken away uh, it's been put on a little damper on us and our activities but then how did Tread Pass come to where it is today, for example, here in downtown Los Angeles? So, as we had planned for SEMA, like, you know, everyone knows that the SEMA was supposed to happen, but 
last minute they decided to cancel it. Uh, we were still planning for Tread Pass. Uh, we were still planning to do a virtual Tread Pass um, for audiences that weren't able to attend. And so when the cancellation happened, uh, I knew I was familiar with this particular venue and thought that maybe we can still bring the Tread Pass to people. Uh, there's there's going to be a bunch of cars being built for us already, uh, so it would be a shame for them to just kind of stop you know, with a few months left. So I think this uh, was a good opportunity for them to be able to display their vehicles and uh, showcase them for, for the public to see. Yeah, I mean, you've got an incredible collection of cars in there. Um, now, obviously, they all, as I've talked to many of the builders here and the, the, uh, the owners of these cars, they've talked about instead of still having a SEMA crunch sort of thing where they've still been doing things last minute, does that still sort of flip to you guys as well on the hosting side? where you still have these challenges where things pop up obviously last minute where you don't quite expect them oh there's always a challenge you know i think anytime you kind of put on an event especially one like this where it's the first time we've done it where we're basically pulling the tread pass from the vegas convention center into a, a space in downtown la uh, you're going to run into some challenges i mean granted it hasn't been too difficult um i think the most difficult part was making sure the builders got their cars done on time which is you know, they say, you know, they don't have the SEMA crunch, but there's still that deadline crunch that um, some crave. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to some of the builders that felt that, yeah, it was it was hell, but they enjoyed doing it and it kind of gives them something to look forward to. And so I guess that means what's next for the, you guys? Have you got any other thing, events planned or how are you shaping things up and what's happening for, for 2021? Is that sort of a work in progress at this time? I think from an event standpoint, this is kind of the last big thing that we have. Uh, you know, there's still the, the races that are going on towards the end of the year uh, with the Baja 1000 and our races competing in that. Uh, but for next year, planning-wise, it's still, it's still hard to say with so many, you know, with the restrictions still not being lifted in, in so many areas. Uh, the events, they're planning them, but we can't really be sure that they're going to happen. So just like anybody else, Plan as if they are, just be prepared if they don't. Look, what more can you say to that, Stan? And I guess now I have to ask you, where is, can anyone find this information all on Toyota? Where's the best place to track down the details on Toyota's when you put your marketing hat on now and you can rattle off all your social media? Well, our social media channels are definitely our, our strongest. Uh, so, at Toyo Tires. And we also have a sub-channel called Team Toyo USA, all under Instagram. So... That's where you're going to find a little bit uh, different type of imagery, um, more from user-based versus the main Toyo channel being um, primarily shot in-house. Okay, well, Stan, it's been, look, I should let you go now so you can go and relax to some extent. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, my work, my hard work is done, so this is this is all gravy right now. I just, and then you can, I can mean, I can see the beads of sweat dripping from your forehead from being pressed into talking on the microphone. So. Oh, you lie. It wasn't so bad. It, well, I told you, this means we'll have to come back and have you on again properly for a few full-on episode. Maybe, yeah. I'll try to practice a little bit more. Ooh. Sorry if I sound like I'm mumbling. These masks, what D can you do? Look, I, safety first. Safety That's first. right. That's right. And with that said, thank you so much, Dan, for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, guys. Hello everybody, it's been so long time, but we're here at the uh, Toyo Tires Tread Pass event in downtown Los Angeles. I'm here with uh, Scott Kanamura, who's got a very interesting uh, build. So Scott, can you tell us a, bit, a little bit about your car? It's a little bit unique, one might say. Um, it's, it's start, it, it is a tribute to uh, 
my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that's the reason why I built it. But uh, it's really refreshing because in the past we would build cars for Scion and Toyota, and we'd always had to build it to what they their specifications. So now I have the freedom to do what what I like. So um, that's that's why it came about. We did a it's mostly like a mixture of Japanese style or import style. Uh, 80s mini truck and a little bit of a low rider in there. So, but it, it's know. it looks like it's set up more for drag racing though, right? From the outset. Yeah, the the idea is to be like the ultimate street car, something you could cruise on the boulevard and uh, you know like race somebody from stoplight to stoplight. So yeah, it took it a little bit extreme. And of course, it's racing at stoplight to stoplight to exactly the speed limit and nothing higher exactly. than that. Exactly. Maybe two or three miles now over, but no yeah, quicker yeah. than that. You Definitely get to no the quicker speed limit really fast. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did the, the premise for going like down the mini truck route go? How did, what's the background of that? How did that come through? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a... I'm I'm 54 years old, so I was definitely. You don't look 54. That's oh, for a start. Great, thank you. No, definitely don't look a day over 22. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just something that I I grew grew up around, and uh, yeah, that's why it has like a five and a half foot uh, rag top in there, and yeah, and that's why it is a Toyota Forerunner. So, yeah. And then, so how long did the project sort of come? to take from like the inception of bringing it through and then to actually like finishing it and then wrapping it all up um it's been it's been a two-year journey yeah yeah what's so. been the the challenges over those two years time then um just uh the amount of work that goes into it. like we, there's so many little details that uh people 90 percent of the people would never even notice but so what are some of those details then uh we we put a roll pan in it we took the back bumper off and we put um, not side skirts, but uh, yeah, like kind of like side skirts, and we we angled it so it looks like it's moving, and it's very subtle. Like unless you know the foreigner, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know it as a. I mean, it yeah. doesn't. I mean, let's be honest. It yeah. generally does not look like your regular everyday foreigner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then, what's your background in the industry then? My background is I have. Uh, I've been. I, I started doing this import industry thing in 1985. Mm -hmm. So I've been started out. Every it kind of it's kind of like my education. Like I didn't go to college. I went from high school straight in there. I started out sweeping the warehouse, uh, moved into sales, and eventually owned my own company. But yeah, it's it's been a long journey. And yeah. so, how do you think the industry's changed in that time from when you were going like sweeping floors now to building incredible one-off custom vehicles? Um, Honestly, I think the biggest impact I think is the amount of uh, Chinese uh, copy copy stuff that's been been out. Like back when we we're doing it, there was only the the people that were like the HKSs and the TRD, the people that uh, originated it. So yeah. It and so, how do you think that's sort of impacting it all then? Um, you know, it it definitely helped, but it definitely hurt. You know, like uh, a lot of times people copy make copy parts and you know like some of the companies they, their their business struggled you know during that time but uh i think uh and the, the positive side is by doing that i think the ones that did survive uh they they become stronger okay yeah. so you think by for example the competitions help like drive like yeah. the innovations and sort of things yes yeah and then so speaking of obviously challenges with 2020 being as it is it's quite a uh 
one might say a rather unusual year. Yeah. How has that sort of impacted you in regards to, to finishing off your project and it's been two years in the works? Um, what's been made it like more difficult or what's the challenges here? In, in actuality, it depends on your outlook on it. You know, like uh, my, my, my project is uh, I, I rent uh, a storage facility, uh, like a, a little warehouse, and it became my sanctuary, you know, like instead of sitting at home during the pandemic and I would uh, sneak off and work on my truck by myself. And it, uh, it, actually, it, it actually helped, you know, because I don't, I'm not one to just sit around and watch Oprah all day, you know. Um, so it gave me somewhere to go and it gave me, it gave me motivation to actually work on it. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm kind of, part of me is pretty, pretty happy that that pandemic came because it gave me opportunity to finish my project. So it sort of helped you like focus and then bring it together? Yes. Do you think it also then sort of uh, sped up the time it took you to like complete it then? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, yes. So without the pandemic and being like focused to like go to the work of the storage unit, work on the truck, how mm -hmm. long would you think it would have taken you otherwise? Do you think uh, it'd still be? It would still be working. I mean, I mean, to get it here, I mean, literally, we we like two, three days before we got it here. It was in the paint booth, and we were bolting on parts. And the the tow company were was out in the parking lot waiting, and we're we're still trying to bolt on parts. So yeah. So you you telling me you still had the SEMA rush yeah. even without the SEMA rush? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with it being what it is now, how is it still? A, still a work in progress or are you happy with how it's come out uh, there I mean, is obviously if it's still the paint's still probably still curing and drying yeah. right now but still I mean is there anything else that you're going to be doing to it um yeah I mean I, I'll be 100 percent honest you know the the the, car, the motor hasn't started yet because mm -hmm. we we didn't finish the wiring yep but uh my goal was to make something that uh visually uh became very appealing I, um, that's that that was a goal and and i mean you have done i mean it looks beautiful oh thank you i mean i can't imagine i can't fathom the amount of hours and the amount of work that's gone into it to put it where it is yeah it's there's so many little details it's just yeah i don't know uh out of any built that i've done for sema this is by far the most the, mo the most detailed one and then with that being said when it does fire i mean what sort of horsepower figures you're looking to get down together or what's the the, the premise for this um, point in time we are we're shooting for a thousand horsepower streetable horsepower uh and um not that I would use a thousand horsepower on the street, but yeah, it's something to drive. No, it's nice to always say you've got a thousand horsepower, right? Yeah, I don't know what's that benchmark of a thousand, but it, yeah. I mean, that's the new benchmark, right? Yeah. Of a thousand. I mean, when you started, I mean, I think it was if you got to like two hundred and fifty, and then import, it was like that's big numbers. But yeah. now, I yeah. mean, you don't yeah. get out of bed for anything less than a thousand. Yeah. So when do you think that'll all wrap up then? We're hoping uh, to have it done within uh, a month. So, okay. Yeah. So we and then we'll see you cruising up. around. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to have a, it looks like a drag car, but it's going to have a pretty big stereo system in it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so, so what sort of numbers on the SPL side are you going to be looking to get? Uh, I'm not sure about SPL, but it has like 5,000 watts and uh, four 12-inch woofers. So yeah. we'll be able to hear you both, I guess, from the exhaust and, <laughs> and the, the bass. Is yeah, that what you told hopefully, me? hopefully the ragtop will be flapping around when, 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 the, when the bass hits. Yeah. And then, so Scott, what's, what's next for you then after finishing the truck? Have you got any other projects in line or is it back um, to work or what's happening? I took a huge 
change in direction in my life. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been doing the, the car things for since 84, but now I, I sold all my possessions. I sold my house. I sold everything to move to Japan to okay. do, uh, to try to help people, you know, and try to do some church stuff out there. And, uh, yeah, so my focus was like just trying to make a living, a good living and, uh, grab as many toys as possible but now oh that's not really important to me i just want to try to help others now so. and so speaking of that that's so when were you making the transition over to japan then i mean what's what's um you know i had some health issues i had a heart attack i had a I had an operation in my artery and i think my health is finally okay to go i mean this has been like a three-year journey of course and and uh, then obviously the pandemic can't help yeah. with travel plans and everything else no, under the yeah sun. they don't let americans in japan so yeah it's kind of up in the air right now, but uh, yeah, one of the goals that I wanted to do was finish the truck to, to bring it to Japan. So um, yeah, so it, it's probably I'm I'm praying it's going to be next year. So, yeah. yeah, hope I mean fingers yeah. crossed, right? That's when yeah. everything comes through and we can all travel again and everything yeah. else and get out there. Yeah. And so speaking of that, um, with the whereabouts in Japan are you going to be based in, or what's the, the uh, mission to the church and so forth? Um, it's uh, going to be in. Uh, Hokkaido or Sapporo where they make the beer of course yeah, yeah. so it's a uh, lovely place yeah the and they also have the famous uh, the Genghis Khan if you go to the Sapporo brewery to have that oh yeah I know from experience <laughs> nice which is the old uh, it's <laughs> Japanese barbecue on the on the thing yeah 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 so yeah it's a challenge a California boy moving into a place where they have like 10 to 12 feet of snow in the winter but yeah we'll, we'll be we'll, fine yeah it's it'll good. be okay yeah we'll be okay. have you been to hokkaido then before or this yes yeah i mean it's a lovely place yes yeah. yeah the people are so polite and i mean even for japanese people the the support people are like so polite and super nice. polite yeah it's so. a lovely place and so picturesque and so beautiful yeah i went to go hang out with some lowrider guys in a parking lot out there and they looked like crazy vatos and you know growing up in southern california is a little intimidating to go talk to them but like just went up and started talking to people and they turned out to be the most polite people i ever seen at a car event any know? exactly <laughs> yeah. couldn't agree more and so with that being the case it's got if people are wanting to find out more information on you and what you're doing and what you're going to be doing next where's the best place to track you down i have uh, two facebook pages uh, if you want to follow the truck uh, the Facebook page and the Instagram page is uh, 5150lux, and um, for my uh, my person, my other personal life is more. Um, I have a Facebook page, uh, love you as you are. So yeah, so basically that's, that's the place. Yeah. No, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. I really appreciate that. Oh, I just like to really thank Toyo and and you to just uh, t you know take interest in the build and it's just flattering to and an honor just to be here no it's it's fantastic to meet Chris, such creative people with you, like you and have so generous with your time and your effort to be able to put something like that together and what you're going to be doing in the future i'm really looking forward to seeing how it all goes oh great thank you very much well thank you so much you have a great rest of your time thank you you too thank you Hey everybody, now you thought you got rid of Scott Kanemura, but he liked his first talk on the podcast so much, he's come back for round two. So Scott, <laughs> what do we miss out in this first time? What do we need to have a come oh, back for? Oh man, I forgot to, to thank the people that made this build possible, uh, like uh, Chris from Imer Engineering, Wes from Kent Designs and his boys, uh, Mike from Bullet Fabrication, 
and uh, Steve, uh, Steve the man, uh, the world famous uh, painter that took the time to do this uh, project and even to the guys like uh, Alex Martinez and Gary that brought us food when we, when we, when we needed it and uh, just like to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart and it's just so beautiful to see everybody's kindness and uh, support. Well, it's great when you've got a family like that of people around you that can help support you and make the magic happen. Thank you. I yeah. mean, it, it really shows, yeah. again, like I said in the build, it's a truly incredible build, and it's fantastic that you have these people that are able to support you with both, obviously, their talents and their love and the support that makes all this magic happen. Yes. Yeah, even uh, Bobby from American Speed Metal. Yeah. Look, Everybody. is there anyone else? We've got to go. Is there uh, anyone else? Before, otherwise we're going to come yeah. back for a third time, Scott. Sorry, I'm old, man. My memory is gone, but yeah, just... Thank everybody. There thank you, you go. Thank well, you. thank you again, Scott. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hello, everybody. We're back again, and this time I'm with uh, Ben Craven here at the Toyota Tread Pass. So, Ben, how are you doing? Excellent. Uh, obviously, it's been a bit of a drive for you to get here today. 28 hours straight. No, only stop for fuel. Oh, so they and hopefully bathroom breaks. Yeah, no, that was done in the truck. Well, they, well <laughs> hey, look, if it's if you make it work, it makes it work. Well, we've all got the hand sanitizer now, yeah. So it makes it easier. So Ben, so tell me about your incredible vehicle that you've got here today. So we brought a 1970 Chevelle SS. Um, it's actually the second one we've ever built as far as this car, and so it's cool. It's basically the results of everything we've learned in the past so to date i would say it's the best we uh best we're capable of and we really uh we wanted to try to bring something that basically we, we wanted to bring something that we changed its heart without touching its soul so it's not crazy highly modified in the sense of aesthetics or uh or flavor you know but it's got all the modern technology within it i mean it's it truly looks beautiful from the outset Thank you, thank you. So, so with that being the case, this being you saying it's the second one you built, what's your background then in this industry? Um, so I, uh, I've been doing this pretty much my whole life. I opened up my own shop about 10 years ago, actually nine years ago to be exact. Um, and uh, I would say three years ago we started, I started in street race cars, stuff like that in the early days, and it progressed into doing these full all-out ground-up commissions for uh, some clients I'm absolutely blessed to have. And... Uh, now we've we always have two to four um two to three year projects in the works uh, at all times this car's got about 1800 hours in it um and uh last year actually was my first time having a car go to sema and toyo gave me that opportunity which was absolutely amazing we we took a a car that had 2600 hours in it you know and this uh it's it, and so it's just we've this has been my dream my whole life i couldn't feel more blessed to be here it's uh it's incredible that I now get to only do basically exclusively what we want to do. And so how many people in your team that you've got there working with you then? When you put in these with these 1,800 plus hours, for example, to this car? Yeah, uh, I've got nine people that work for me. Um, and once we get down to, I would say that there's typically two people um, focusing on the project all the way up until the last few weeks. And then it's usually like night and day and everybody all hands, all, on, deck. All hands on deck you know and uh i'm i'm blessed with an incredible team of experts in their fields who couldn't be more passionate and so uh 
it's i mean all i have to do is say the word and the target and everybody's gonna you know do whatever that whatever it takes to make sure we meet it which is fantastic and so speaking of that so can you talk us through like how we go from say the conception of the idea where do you pick the car do you work with one of your uh, clients and then where does it, how does that sort of come about how does it go to get pulled together so the craziest thing for this build and a lot of my builds um is i'm kind of known for doing surprise unveils so i basically i come up with my dream car and a budget and my customer my customer will typically commission a car so he'll say he wants a 1970 chevelle ss and then like this customer specifically um his name's ryan finberg he's an awesome guy and uh, uh he he didn't want to know any details actually the craziest part i guess i would say of this whole thing is still to this day right now he has no idea what it looks like he doesn't know what wheels are on it he doesn't know what color it is so much so that i was excited and whenever it went to paint and was in primer i sent him a picture and he was like, bro, that gray looks so sick. And I'm like, you know, I'm cracking up. I'm like, that's cool, but that's just the primer. Like, he has no idea what color it is. Um, has never seen the car. So I get complete free, rein, free reign as far as design goes. And um, every detail, you know, I, I once I kind of... My job, honestly, is to take your personality and convert it into machine form and then give you something that will reliably be a break away from whatever it is you do to be able to afford it. And I take a lot of pride in that, and I try, you know, obviously my best not to miss. And so um, when I see a customer like this who rides a Harley, you know, I can tell he's kind of a muscle head, you know, just looks like a brawler, nicest guy in the world, but he, if, if he hears this, he'll agree with what I'm saying, you know. So I, I really wanted to kind of try to fit something that fit how he presents himself whenever he walks into a room i want the car to you know give you that same feeling when you see it as far as curb appeal goes and so uh i came up with the name american bully and um given it's a classic american muscle car you know and its goal in a certain sense is to be the bully against the other cars on the road and uh and then once i coin what i want it to be as far as name you know that really just kind of encompasses all of that and the rest of the design, honestly, is is easy for me. It's just filling that description. Then you know, once you know, that's kind of the target. And so, lot you know, the car makes four-digit horsepower. It's over a thousand horsepower at the wheels. You know, it's got an extreme speed tech chassis, all road race oriented. You know, there's no big audio in it. Um, it does have air conditioning and heat, things like that. But Which no is power. Nice. Windows. It's just muscle. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's an urban street slayer. And so. Um, so if we step back and say, so a client will come to you and say, uh, Ben, I've got, this is the car I want. This is the budget I've got. You put it together. What's the time frame from that, from saying start to finish when they come in and talk to you? Um, from the point, it, it obviously depends on our backlog in yep. the sense of when we're going to start on it. And obviously um, you're very in demand, I'm guessing, as well. Yeah, we're usually... It's a, a nice, nice place to be. Absolutely. At this, especially at this point in the world, right? A hundred percent, man. We couldn't be more blessed. Uh, and we'll talk more about that, how 2020 has been such a blessing in that sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, we have, you know, a lot of these customers will wait a year or two for me to get to the car. Um, and then once we start, you know, I do my best to estimate it, but... You know, a big thing in this business is you got to be very real with your customer. You know, I don't want to seem so confident that I could target exactly how many hours something like this is going to take. So we got to come up with a budget and then a realm of out, you know, error. And that's completely correlated to time. You know, I'm, I can, I know I'm going to have somewhere around 1500 hours in it, but 
I also don't want to be tied to that. If I want to, you know, if I get creative or I want to change something or something else needs to be done cooler, I need the trust from my client to allow me to do that and an opening in time and budget, um, especially if it's a surprise unveil because I'm going to tell you I need more money and more time, but I'm not going to tell you why. So yeah. it's uh, it's very interesting uh, in, in how that how that kind of unfolds. And then once we get started, you know, like I said, the problem with classics, uh, I would say the biggest problem or thing you have to work through is you have no idea what you're going to get into you know they this car looked beautiful he bought it from a, a consignment place you Look, know you, you know it's like on craigless i know what my car is i know what it's worth and it's yeah. like you take exactly their word for it right yeah. yeah exactly you start you know it shows up it looks beautiful you unbolt the first panel and everything's rusted underneath there and and that's kind of how this one goes sometimes we get blessed the other direction but this one was uh the roughest one we've actually dove off into, I would say, to date, that had just a, a massive amount of underlining surprises. And so we're speaking of that then, speaking of surprises, sort of really nicely segues into, into 2020 and the surprises that uh, this, is sort of, this year has thrown at everyone. So how has it really impacted you and the team? So for me and my team, to be honest, it's really wild. I would say what's, we're from the Midwest, you know, we're from right outside of St. Louis, Missouri, so it's not as... Um, it's not as crazy as it is in some places of the world in the sense of uh, how things have been affected. Um, to be honest, as far as me and my staff goes, between the hours of 8 and 5, the world hasn't changed. You know, We're pushing the same. The hustle's there. No difference. It's honestly our wives, girlfriends, and family outside of us that are you know, kids getting, that have experienced drastic change. Um, for us, nothing has really changed as far as the hustle and our, and our ability to push through. Uh, availability of parts now on the other hand has been uh, the worst it's ever been um, there's a lot of demand and I think there's some of the manufacturers are pushing through a lot of restrictions um, and things like that that they're having to adapt through and I kind of look at 2020 as I have anything else that's come up in my life that I can't control you know I mean you you got to be tougher than life itself you know so I mean for me it's uh, I can't control circumstances, but I can, you know, you have to be creative and adapt no matter what the situation is, you know. And so this year has made it more challenging in new, unique ways, which I think will teach. It certainly has for us taught us lessons and other ways we have to adapt that will just continue to make us more efficient moving through in the future. And then with obviously with 2020 week and the impact on regards to parts and so forth, how has that sort of flipped on the other side where you haven't had many events and things like that? How has that sort of impact how you've been able to work on the cars? Does it mean you've been able to expedite work on cars because of, like, for example, no SEMA builds and that kind of thing? Um, no, I mean, because to be honest, um, our workflow isn't depicted based off shows and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I, honestly, my customers don't care. Um, mm -hmm. they, they want their build. It's honestly for us, and I think they just uh, they want to see us succeed, so they allow us to do things like this uh, with their build at the end of it to showcase it to the world. But to be honest, I don't think that they um, they really care. They just want the product in their hands and to you know be beating on it on the street. Uh, so, but I mean, it was uh, experiencing Toyo Tread Pass last year um, was life changing for me. Um, it really was. It, it changed my life. My career is is just. I'm always trying to level up. And I won't say that it didn't bring a bunch of new customers or anything like that. It just kind of, for myself personally, validated where we are in the industry and gave me a confidence boost in myself that I really needed that up until that point, you know, I guess I was unsure of. I, I thought what we were building was incredible. I always give everything my best. But until you gauge it against something 
like the vehicles that are on, on park next to here even today at Toyota Tread Pass. I didn't ever have really a gauge of where I was at, you know. And so once you see the caliber of these other incredible builds and Toyo being gracious enough to, you know, have little old me from middle, you know, Midwest of, of the country bring out my, my build, um, you know, it, it just kind of, it gave me that confidence boost and allowed me to push the envelope further uh, and, and, and let me know, I guess I'm on, at least on the right path. And so I would say experiencing that last year and it being as big of a change for me and having such a big impact in my life and then having that, if, if we're honest, be a possibility this year we earned and then it got taken away due to COVID. That was devastating, man. I mean, it was, uh, it was. I mean, much as I enjoy sitting here chatting with you and being here with these incredible people, you know, um, would I rather be in Vegas with tens of thousands of people? Having the same conversation, and, obviously, but still, women, lots of people walk past us. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's exactly it. Because I, I feel as though these machines we build, if you do your job right, it's something you can feel. Mm -hmm. It's more than... Uh, uh, it's more than something you see. Um, it, it's completely something that uh, that you can feel in your heart, you know, and you can feel the heart that the vehicle has. And um, you lose that whenever uh, it's not in person or you don't hear it run or you don't see all the tiny little details. And uh, so I would say, and I appreciate, and I hope everyone gets to really virtually experience these in, in those details uh, and focus on, on each and every little detail that they may miss because it's that way. Because uh, I guess for me, if I'm being honest, and it almost sounds selfish with some of the incredible things people are going through in this country, here I am talking about this, but um, with some of the devastating things people are having to deal with, you know, for us just to still be able to bring a car out and experience a portion of that, we feel really, really blessed. I mean, I would say almost on paper, driving 28 hours with a build and killing ourselves the last couple of weeks to get it done um, wouldn't generally make sense if it wasn't 2020. But in 2020, yeah. you know, we're going to take what we can get and we want to support Toyo and, uh, and really the car community as a whole and allow them still an avenue and path to see the stuff that you can't see anywhere else because there's no there's no shows to go see them at. So speaking of that then, so you're still telling me that you still experience the SEMA rush with this car even without SEMA to get it all finalized and driven here and pop up in the trailer 28 hours? Yeah, you know. You didn't have anyone like doing the final things in the trailer though, obviously, thank, hopefully. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, honestly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I did. And I and I was afraid I wasn't going to, you know, the the anxiety um, the incredible amount of hours that are invested, the memories and laughs and stuff with my team. I mean, just the dumbest thing that are done when you're on two hours of sleep, you know, mm -hmm. the quirks that are told, you know, it's a, it's a bonding thing among when you take nine people and you, and each and every one of them becomes a part of something that's bigger than anything, any individual of that, you know, and any one single person, um, has ever been a part of, you know, and you realize as you start to find your groove and the team works together as well as mine does, um, that it literally wouldn't be possible without every single person's involvement. And without SEMA, or if we hadn't had this, you know, you get that a little bit of relaxation and grace of time to where it doesn't force that situation. And so that was another thing. Uh, I really, I was, I was, I was hungering for that opportunity again. I would love the late hours, you know. I like pushing the limits, you know. I like finding when you you think the tank's completely empty but the deadline's not going to move and you have no choice and you can dig deeper than you ever have just to 
you know, get that last component installed, get the car wiped down, and then ultimately, obviously, the satisfaction of shove it in the trailer. We've got 29 hours to get there, and we need to be there in 28. So, you know, it's just uh, it's something I hope everybody in some sense chases their passion with and, a lot, and gets to experience at some point in their life where you just are able to prioritize a goal so high that, um, that whatever it takes is the format. And then with that being said, what's, what's next for you guys and what's the next projects on the line? Obviously, you've got more customer cars that you'll be working on, but what else is happening? Um, we actually got, we got quite a few incredible builds wrapping up right now, um, as well as we have uh, a couple, we, we have two builds picked out for next year's SEMA. Uh, I can't talk about those yet, Obviously, but they'll, yeah. they'll be absolutely, uh, it's different than anything we've ever done before um, by a very, very long shot. And so um, I think we've kind of, you know, for ourselves, we've set the bar with these muscle cars and I'll never you know and I and I'm gonna constantly push the envelope there and, and do that um, but I'm uh, I'm never satisfied you know we I always want to do something different unique challenge you know challenge me and my team and see what else we can pull out as far as a new set of talents that we didn't know we had before and uh, our builds were we're producing for next year we'll certainly certainly do that no i'm really looking forward to seeing them and so ben where if people out here listening are looking to try and find you online and find the stuff on the social media where's the best place to track you down honestly i, I do instagram more than anything you know craven performance instagram um we're gonna be pumping up i'm i'm one of those types that i don't have a lot to say unless i got a lot to show you mm -hmm. know i don't I, I don't get anything out of telling you what i'm gonna do I, i'd rather show you what i'm capable of and have done so um it's sparse highlights <laughs> you know i i pump out um we're, when we release this car there uh and these other builds we're we're wrapping up right now it'll be uh it's going to be unbelievable what you'll see there and i think what i like the most about our builds is um is the real street screamers you know these guys don't my clients don't come to me for show cars they don't care about car shows they don't care about like i said even sema um they want it to rip their face off whenever they smash the skinny pedal, you know, and uh, and 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 be able to cruise it and beat on on the street. These guys drive them in the snow, you know, in the rain and the sleet, you know. I mean, they these cars are 100% street drivers. In fact, there's some things that could be done even better as far as body and paint goes, but they, I, it's it's not the goal of the car to win win anything other than you know, the race on the highway. Yeah, or maybe the race the next traffic light. Yeah, absolutely. And which obviously go to exactly the same speed that yeah. the speed limit says, maybe a mile or two over yeah. if it so happens. Zero but to 35 miles an hour is, is just unbelievable in this ride. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I, know, I guess the next thing is, when do you guys go back? Is it going to be the 28 hours all the way back? Are you going to break it up on the way back? We're going to try to break it up a little bit. Um, and honestly... On the way down, we entered the map that was supposed to miss the Colorado mountains, and then it reset at a fuel fill-up. So you decided to go all the way through oh the mountains? Oh, my gosh. We went, you know, I've got a quarter-of-a-million-dollar car in the trailer, and uh, I'm on, you know, not not the greatest amount of sleep, and we were driving through, like, three feet of snow and blizzards down a 7% grade for eight miles. I mean, uh, the adrenaline from white knuckling. I was going to say here. the little you, you knuckles <laughs> as white as the snow probably on the it, outside. It barely has subsided now, but uh, so our go going back, uh, we'll probably leave uh, leave. You know, it's Thursday. We'll leave uh, later this evening and uh, drive until it starts to get dark, and then 
I guess what I'm getting at is I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to hit those mountains during the daytime instead of at night. It was uh, that was an experience in and of itself, uh, and we got to be a little bit smarter on the gaps between fuel stops. We I almost drove this car to a fuel station to get the truck here, so it was uh, well, yeah, we're gonna gauge it a little bit better on the way back and kind of take our time. Hey, that's what happens when you got to do a 29-hour drive in 28 hours, right? Man, and the story needed a little extra spice. I got, I guess, you know, God was looking out for me and made sure everything came together again but boy i was praying as i coasted down hills trying to get to the next hey, fuel well, stop we're, we're all glad that you made it here ben yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you yeah. so much and i wish you all the say all the best luck on the way back i appreciate the hospitality greatly thanks so much my man have a good one bye-bye hey everybody we're back here but this time i've got luigi arroyo and who's come here to the toyo tread pass with what i consider to be a truly incredible honda civic so luigi how did you sort of end up here how did you come to connect with toyo where'd that started from uh, I mean, I've been working with uh, Toyo for about eight years now uh, across four different builds. Um, I've had an S2000 before, had other Civics before, um, and then for the last three years I've been with this uh, this Type R I have now. And so with this Type R, how the ty- how do you, why is it the Type R? Why have we, what have we done differently in this year and how did it sort of come together? Well, this year I decided to kind of go all out. Um, you know, even it being 2020 and SEMA being canceled, I, you know, I, I made prior commitments, but I decided to go with a full color change. Um, the color originally was a polished metal metallic, which is a dark gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now a chalk white, chalk gray type color uh, off the Porsche. Um, it's got the full Varus uh, Arising 2 kit, bumper, side skirts, wing, canards, lip guards, everything you can cut from Varus at this point. And then... Um, we did a little touch, nice touch up the interior as well. Uh, shout out to my friend at Suede It. He did a full Alcantara interior. We replaced a lot of the interior trims, plastic trims that were red before, that were plastic before. That's all now wrapped in Alcantara. Doors, uh, armrests, side armrest, even my gauge cluster. Uh, it's all been full rewrapped as well. Um, redid the interior as well. Um, I went with the ASM Recaros, which is a limited edition seat. Uh, that's all full interior as well. So. Kind of went a little all out this year. For so what one. you're saying is you basically did nothing at all different. When no, it comes no, to, no, no, huh? no, nothing at all, nothing. <laughs> so if that's the case, so what's your background then in the industry? How did you sort of come into this industry? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, cars have been my life since I was a kid. You know, I used to read Super Street in Portuner when I was in high school. Um, Fast and Furious, of course, grew up on that. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're in L.A., we're in, in California, where you know, a lot of it started. So uh, cars have just kind of been my life and dreams since I was a kid, and... Uh, you know, there's uh, very few brands that stuck out to me, especially in those movies. One specifically was always Toyo Tires. Um, so I made it very adamant when I started building cars and, and working with specific companies. Toyo was the one I wanted to work with from the get-go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry now for about, I would say, 10, 11 years, give or take. So it's been quite a bit of time. <laughs> it's, been yeah. a, it's been a fun time. And then, so with that, I mean, obviously, 2020 is kind of a different year, right? Of course, of course. I mean, we simple things like there's, we're doing a Toyo Tread Pass event here in downtown Los Angeles, as opposed to doing the walkthrough at the SEMA show, right? So, how has 2020 sort of impacted you in regards to what you've been doing, and how did this sort of impact the car? What's the changes? What's happened in regards uh, to that? I think the biggest impact is uh, not being able to attend events, right? Not really being able to showcase, but I think COVID also benefited in a way, you know. You know, those who were able to still work, you know, I know a lot of people got to lose their jobs during the COVID pandemic, which is horrible. But in my case, my job wasn't affected by COVID, which was nice. Um, I was actually able to save a lot more money 
throughout the year not attending events and not doing as much and I was able to kind of splurge all at once for a, a one-time event like this at Toyo Tread Pass so and so which events are you usually going to attend to then on the I mean which ones are you going to uh, like in California almost like a Spocom car show mm -hmm. I used to attend you know smaller meets um Nisei was another event I used to attend to you know quite often week fest I used to attend quite often as well so those type of events I used to every year I used to attend them so uh not being able to attend this year was pretty interesting but I was able to kind of take more time of the car to kind of get prepped up for something like this like Toyota Tread Pass and do you think that benefited you then in the end of sorts um I would say so yeah um you know I would without having those prior arrangements you you know you would kind of rush more you didn't have much time to work on the car especially during SEMA time you know you have to kind of coordinate okay this is my last show now it's SEMA prep from this point on uh, I kind of got I kind of had more time to prep uh, not so much for SEMA but for the tread pass itself so sure and then does this mean that you were able to finish your car off ahead or were you still doing last minute things oh, the day last or two minute. for sure last minute I was doing uh, up till rolling on Tuesday I was still doing some last minute stuff so uh, I think that's just that's the nature of SEMA crunch, Toyo Tread. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Uh, it, it, that, that crunch time is always going to be there for everything. So. And have you found, for example, with uh, 2020 being as it is, has it been like any of the COVID things impacted you, like in regards to like in availability of parts or people working on it and things like that? Has that sort of been an issue for you or have you been able to sort of work around it? For the most part, I've been able to work around. Uh, I coordinated my time frames pretty early this year. Um, you know, the standard Japan time is, you know, two to three months for special order items. Uh, I gave myself four to five months just to give my actual leeway. Uh, even then, I, I wasn't able to, you know, there were some things that didn't make it in time, unfortunately. Because of COVID pandemic, it's hard to get things out. Uh, some things I was able to get rushed out pretty quickly. Uh, you know, an example is going to be uh, my, my harnesses or Willens. And Willens from the UK, right? They were supposed to ship out, you know, three weeks ago. They shipped out last week. And then they arrived on Monday, you know, this just this Monday. So that's something like that where it got kind of delayed because of COVID. So some things were impacted, some things were not. Again, I, I kind of schedule my timelines around that. So Sure. And then I guess what we should say is, is what's sort of next for you then in regards to this? Is there still any more work going to be done to the... I think so. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm you ever got, done. You haven't got full evolution yet? Kind yeah, of I don't think this is my final form yet. You know, okay, I, think, yeah. uh, I think I got maybe one more in me. I guess we're going to see what... Uh, what Varus has to offer next year, uh, they leaked uh, an upcoming wide body, which is the typical Varus timeline. It's a, you know, version one, a version two, and it's always a wide body last. So I'm interested to see how that's going to come out next year. So there might be uh, one more change up next year. We'll see. Perfect. And then uh, if people are looking to try and find you online, where's the best place to try and track you down on all social media? Uh, Instagram. Instagram is probably the best one. I usually keep the most updates there. Uh, it's uh, at Squeegee, S-Q-U-E-E-G-I-E. -E -E. uh, probably the easiest way to find updates of my car, updates of me, um, and everything I do with my team. So, Look, that's absolutely fantastic. And just really appreciate the time you're taking us with here today. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, Luigi. Thank you so much for today. And, and your car, look, it's incredible. I love it. Appreciate it. Thank I you love so it. much. All the work into it is incredible. So thank you so much. And thanks, thank everyone, you. for listening. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. We're back. And this time we've got John Sarkeesian here with his latest, would say, his incredible piece of workmanship that you've got here at the Toyota Trade Bus. John, it's a wonderful. And thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us here. Thank you. So, John, tell me, how did it sort of come about for you this year? Obviously, 2020 has been a little different in regards to everything going down. How did it sort of come together again with Toyo for this for your latest build? It sure has. Um, 
we weren't sure when SEMA was going to be canceled, so we just kept working as if it wasn't going to be canceled. And we knew that Toyo would come up with something. Um, we're actually going to be part of the Battle of the Builders again this year, but we had to choose one or the other because of the dates not lining up right. And so obviously you chose here. Yeah, I chose Toyo. It's like family here. so Certainly. I mean, it's a great place, a great company working with, a great partnership, and obviously, as you said, like family. So what's the premise behind your latest building that you've got on display here? Well, two years ago we did a similar project. Uh, it was a Gullwing uh, recreation sitting on a modern AMG chassis. This year I wanted to do something similar but more wild. So it's basically the same kind of deal, but we chopped the Gullwing doors off and... To do that is kind of tough because that's the whole point of the car, but uh, I wanted it to look more like a speedster roadster deal. So uh, it started as a SLK 32 AMG. We chopped the whole thing up. We put the gullwing body on top of it, secured it, chopped it. We ended up using a, it was really difficult. We had about five windshields to choose from and I wanted to use real glass. It looks a lot better than plexiglass. And it was a challenge, but we ended up using a 356 Speedster Porsche uh, window. It was highly modified, but if you know Porsches, you'll see the, the details. You'll know it's that. Uh, I also wanted it to be wider, so we widened it as much as we could. You know, the suspension's all air ride from airlift. Um, with brakes and wheels are what I do all the time, HRE and Brembo. And I just wanted a really sleek speedster look they never made they made a roadster 300 sl but they never made a speedster so i like the big humps on the back uh we made everything motorized it's i mean you saw the car i mean it's a work of art <laughs> it's, it's 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 truly beautiful and it really hits that it really hits that speedster mark i think it, you. It, for what you're going for i mean i right. think you've really honestly knocked it out of the park thank you and so with that being the case obviously um, your cars are obviously famous. The incredible workmanship that you and your team put into them to put them together and get them out there. What has, has 2020 sort of thrown up in regards to how it's impacted you in regards to the work that you've done? It's a good question. Um, the way we work, my shop is a private shop and we only build cars for me and like, you know, my guys. So it didn't really make that big of a difference to me. Um, it was just sad that we found out we weren't work going to SEMA because that's something we all look forward to every year. Of course. Um, but it hasn't impacted us in a negative way. I can't really say it has. What uh, about, I'm thinking, have you had any problems like getting working with vendors in regards to getting things or anything like that? That was, that was a little bit of a challenge okay. because they're all looking forward to SEMA. Mm -hmm. But I've been working with these vendors for years, so they already kind of know what my style is and they know it's going to be a crazy car. So... It was a little bit more difficult, but it wasn't anything crazy. And so, um, in describing this, obviously, a speedster, take it, what are some of the things that really stood out or were, uh, would say were more of a challenge than you might have thought was going to be to sort of go from concept in your mind to actually putting it on the car and getting it up and uh, working? The doors on the real going were very difficult to do, and we conquered it. We, we made them work, and we made them work the way I wanted to, so we figured if we chopped it off, it would be a lot less work. But then we kind of thought about it, like we can't just have the doors open up regular, so we did like a Koenigsegg style door, and that ended up being harder to do than the Gullwing doors. And so, so can you sort of explain the principle the end behind uh, what a Koenigsegg door is in regards to the listeners that might not know? Well, well, it's not a Lambo door, it's not a McLaren door, it's not a suicide door, it kind of pops out and swivels. 
so it's very difficult to do um but we we did it it works it's it's kind of between a lambo and a koenigsegg door let's put it that way yeah it was a challenge though it wasn't easy to do with all the stuff around it uh but it looked good I, I mean, like when I haven't seen the doors come out yet, yeah. but so when it is, I'm looking forward to it. So cool. I'll have to twist your arm afterwards and go over there and show it for me. For sure. But then, so what is your um, looking to do then for the remainder of the year? I mean, you've got this, put this together for what would have been SEMA, but then what else is on the horizon for you? What are you guys going to be working on next? Is there anything you can talk to in regards to that? Well, as far as this car, we're still about 10% from finishing it. So when we get home, I still have a few beauty pieces, you could say, to put on and We'll shoot the car. You'll actually see the car the way I want it. Um, I always do two years for the tread pass. Um, and this year, because of this, we kind of stopped halfway working on our other car, which is a very, very special car. And I'm not really into electric cars, but the, the guy we're building this car for is pretty special to me, and he asked me to do this project. So we're doing it. Um, it's going to be a 300... Uh, 93, 94, 300CE convertible Mercedes, uh, powered by Tesla, the whole thing. Uh, wide body AMG, it's it's a really, really special car. Um, and I would have loved to have it here, but kind of lose interest when we're not going to Vegas, you know? So I just wanted to concentrate on one car and make it super cool. And then as soon as we get back home, uh, we're gonna start on that one and we should have it done by about February something. And so, John, how many people do you have working, like, in your team, in your private garage? You really just that? two. It's my brother, uh, me, and our main fabricator, which is Alan. Uh, he built the whole car from scratch. He fabricated everything. He painted the car. He did 96% of the work on that car. The only thing he didn't do is the stitching of the leather. So he's a very talented guy, and he sees my vision, which is kind of hard for some people. And John Sabal makes a rendering that is so perfect, we follow the rendering and we usually beat it by a little bit and make it look a little bit cooler. But yeah, if you saw the rendering on the car now, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah, and a friend of John Sabal's friend of mine, and it would appear that he's done a lot of work in there today. Yeah. If you're looking yeah, at yeah, all the other yeah. cars around there. So he's yeah. obviously a very much man in, in demand, one might say. Yeah, he's, he's great. Always... I love him. Uh, he's done, he's worked with me the last four years, I believe. and. I've, I've worked with other rendering artists, but he really gets my weirdness and uh, puts it on paper. It's crazy, you know, like it's, it's, he's worth every dollar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's and a lot of dollars. <laughs> John would say he's, 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 he's cheap in comparison, but obviously everyone's yeah. got different viewpoints in that, right, John? Yeah. So with that being the case, what about uh, if people are looking to try and find out more of the builds that you're doing, where's the best place to track down you and, for example, your work? Uh, um, like online or probably my, my Instagram which is slang 500 uh, all my stuff's on there in detail I'm working on a few new things uh, that you'll see on the Instagram and then you can go go to you know go to that after uh, we're filming an episode hopefully for Netflix uh, of kind of what happens from beginning to end um, and all the other stuff we do in between like the the background of how the car gets built Sure, is that like for your own series or part of a series or what's that about? Excuse me? Is that for like your own television series or is it part of it like a builder well, series? I can't or? really say just yet, but uh, it's going to have something to do with Netflix probably. Okay. And uh, it, I don't know if it'll be an episode, like five or six episodes, or like a documentary on this one build. Oh, okay. Um, and little bits and pieces of my previous cars that are in the showroom. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure. I can't really say much. No, no, but we're working on it. Something maybe coming out in 2021, then hopefully. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we should be done with it probably in a couple of months, and then you guys will see it. Well, no, fantastic. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, your car is incredible, and I guess now I've got to go over there and see you like pop the doors for me, so I can see them work out. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks right. everyone for listening. Bye bye. Hello, we're back, and this time I've got Alex Long with me, and Alex. How did you sort of come together here at the Toyo Tread Pass, and what have you bought us today? Uh, well, I brought my 2020 C8 Corvette. That's the first tandem widebody on air in the world. There's a lot of firsts there, then, really. A lot of firsts. So, so where did this concept come from from you then? How did you? Why did you decide you wanted to go down this route? Well, I've always loved muscle cars and new ones. I've had two other Camaros in the past. Still have a 2019 SEMA build Camaro, and when the Corvette came out. I just absolutely loved it. It was just a beautiful car, beautiful lines, and I knew I wanted to have some fun with it and make it just a one-off and something different that no one's ever really done. Of course. and I mean, it, it certainly is very different. And I'll give it this. It's very low as well. Absolutely. It's definitely it's very low. It sits flush on the ground. The air suspension, it's beautiful. It finishes the car off. And so, I mean, obviously the, the Corvette, just new for 2020 of sorts, how was that the process of actually like getting one of them ordered? And what was that? Was that difficult or a challenge or... It, Straightforward. It wasn't really hard, but it was just timely, or time-consuming more say, to where I had basically three or four different lists that I was on at all different dealerships with deposits down, basically whoever came in first. Long story short, it's funny, my buddy was one of the pit bosses at Paula Casino, said that his buddy had one being let go at a dealership that matched my specs. Boom, boom, put everything together. Actually ended up getting that car not even one I ordered, but it happened to match my specs exactly, so it beat everybody else out. So I canceled all my other orders, but I was on a list for 10 months waiting for it. And so when did that finally, when were we able to finally put it together and pick it up? Um, I picked up the car here probably about four or five months ago. Okay. And then immediately 72, 72 hours into owning it, did the full air suspension on it. Tore the car apart, did all of that prototype. No one's ever done it. Of course, I'm guessing that the warranty was fully okay with that, no pressure. Oh uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. So that's what you tell the dealership anyway. It's totally fine. Yeah, no, it's all stock. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely stock. And uh, started off with that, and then started getting into a bunch of carbon fiber stuff with friends that make prototype carbon for cars. They eventually turned into real product, but did all the front splitters and side rockers and wings and all that stuff with it. And then just again, I wanted to do the wide body and ended up you know getting hooked up with pandem and it just kind of went from there sure and so how did that sort of i mean obviously 2020 is a rather unusual year in regards to things go does that did that sort of you've built cars before for sema did that sort of impact anything any differently in this year in regards to time frames or things like that oh i mean a little bit on the time frames so the owner of pandem mira wasn't able to come out from japan obviously because of covid he wanted to personally scan my car work on it stuff but he couldn't so that changed that a little bit. So everything had to be worked overseas and then sent back to the U.S. So a little bit of a time difference there, obviously. It took a little bit longer. Um, but minus that, I mean, not really too many problems. But obviously shipping the kit, doing all that, it did slow it down. But still got it done in time. But, of course, there's always that final crunch at the end, no yeah, matter that was how all, much planning. That was my next question. What What was your non-SEMA SEMA crunch this year? What was the thing that was like holding it up right or um, might not even still be might need to be tweaked just it, a little bit it was just it was getting the kit here was the biggest thing was getting it finalized and done since they've been working on the rendering for a while now it was just you know because mira is such a perfectionist which i love 
it was he wanted it perfect and perfect the first time and so and then obviously once they got it all and because again having to ship scanned renderings of the car back and forth so he could mock it because he didn't have one to touch as far as i know that's what took a little bit of time but then once they got it figured out they got the kit made got it produced we had to put it on a plane because we couldn't wait for it so that's always fun and expensive. And then, but got it here. But, look, but then you can legitimately say you were getting your parts overnighted from Japan. Pretty much. Look, it's e the way it goes, right? Exactly. Most expensive shipping I've paid for, but I love it. Totally worth it. But uh, guys at LTMW, Long over there, amazing. Fong over at uh, Pandem USA, Rich at uh, LD97. Those guys all put this car together, and I couldn't have done it without them. And then, what, have you got any plans for what's going to happen to it next, or is this its final form? No, Maybe that's someone calling you now about it. I know, right? Exactly. Um, there's always more plans for it. So body-wise, pretty much nothing else. Maybe just doing more parts in carbon. Mm -hmm. So redoing some of the parts that are on it now in more carbon fiber and stuff. Obviously, you can never get enough. Uh, eventually, probably going to wrap it. So kind of a black and gold theme like the interior is. Um, but minus that, basically, that's pretty much it for that. Motor-wise, though, is the next thing I'm going after. So. And what's going happening down that route, then? So, I'm back and forth. I think I'm probably going to go twin turbo, but Lingenfilter's coming out with the supercharger, and that's kind of intriguing to me since everyone's now gone twin turbo for it, and that's kind of, not per se, been overdone, but the supercharger's intriguing. You know, a little bit less maintenance to it, a little bit different, something that Chevy I don't think is actually going to produce since supposedly their Z06 is going to be a twin turbo and not a supercharged, might actually be interesting to do it but regardless performance is the next end all goal about a thousand to the wheel is what i want to hit is is a thousand to the wheel do you think now is that the benchmark for most like aftermarket cars of sorts now do you think it kind of feels like it i mean obviously it's not really usable power for the most part obviously well, you get to 35 miles an hour like perfectly really you, fast yeah there's no rule against how fast you get to that speed limit so but uh it, it's just always i've from all the t cars i've built I just have always wanted to have a car, whether it's usable per se or not horsepower. I wanted to have that sheet, that dyno sheet that said a thousand to the wheel. That would just and make me happy. happy. Those nice, all those numbers right there lined up. Perfect. Look, there you go. And I will say from personal experience, having met Ken a couple of times and hung out with him, he is a lovely guy and they do make wonderful products. Oh yeah. So it's look, and it is a little bit different. I mean, there's a lot of twin turbo Corvettes out there now. Yep. As funny as it goes. Exactly. But uh, Alex, if people want to try and track you down and follow you on like social media, where's the best place to find you? Best place is going to be on my Instagram. And you can find me at Toxic Garages. So Toxic underscore Garages. And that's my Instagram page. Again, my name is Alex Lawn. You can also find me through that. But that's my main platform that I always use. Well, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And, and your Thank car you. is very, very cool. I'm just looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Well, thank you so much. No problems. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. We're back, and this time I've managed to track down Mitch Button. Mitch, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me here at the Toyota Tread Pass. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, Mitch, what brings you here to the Toyota Tread Pass this year? So, 2020's been a, a weird year for everybody. Really? Uh, very, very weird. And uh, normally we do Ferraris every year for, for Tread Pass for SEMA. Mm -hmm. We figure since this year was so different we wanted to change gears and, and be different as well so we brought our gladiator um which is is our daily driver as strange as it seems because it doesn't look very daily driver anymore um but we've had uh you know we've had years of, of driving and building strange cars that wind up 
not being very comfortable and in a daily driving, you know, style. Um, so year after year, we wind up renting cars for builds and things like that. And we thought we'll build a comfortable car this year that we can drive. So from now on, when events are a thing again, we'll pull our Ferraris and pull our, our cars to events with the Gladiator. And at the same time, double it and take it everywhere we can, all over the country, wheel it, abuse it, beat it. Test I mean, it looks like you take it almost everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. your only challenge might be, for example, around small back lanes in like Boston might be a bit of a trouble there with yeah. the getting it reversing in, maybe in parking spots. But other than that, it looks like you'd be fine and dandy. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the, the thing is, like, the, we drive Unimogs as like our, our normal daily drivers, and we parallel park those things, and they're monsters. So anything shy of that is uh, going to feel like a Rolls-Royce for us at this point. So see, there you go. So for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit how sort of button-built sort of became a thing and sort of came into a, a fruition kind of thing and the background behind it? Yeah, definitely. So so my wife's a ballet dancer, um, and she, she was at the Royal Ballet um, when we first kind of got together. I left and moved over to live with her, and at the time I was, I was building watches and, and men's lifestyle products, knives and bags and things like that. Um, in the process of doing so, and manufacturing all these pieces, which I love the industry. I had a, a lot of fun with it, but not as much as I love the, you know, the motorsport industry. Um, so I was basically filtering all of my revenue back into cars, and slowly everything just began transitioning to be more about cars than it was anything else. I've always been obsessed with cars, breaking everything down, building everything up. I just never considered it as a job until uh, you know, maybe four or five years ago. Um, my buddy Stan with Toyo, we met through cars like most of us always do. I just never knew he worked for Toyo. So uh, our first year of SEMA, after knowing him for a while, we wound up putting one of our Ferraris in Toyos, and that became our build. Um, and he invited us to do Tread Pass. And after that, that was pretty much our, our um, you know, train set in motion, and everything just snowballed from there. And it just kind of became one of those things that you have to do year after year. You go to Tread Pass, debut the car. And it's exciting. It's a fun, it's half of our year every year. And it, it's kind of defined what we do. Um, so it's, it's just developed more over the last few years. And, and now with the Gladiator, it, it's nice to have kind of your hand in so many different parts of the motorsport industry, the military trucks and the exotic cars and now the Jeep platforms. Um, so, you know, it, it's nice to, to have a facility now where we can do this in, on a higher volume. And so with that being the case, and can you tell us a little bit more about like your facility that you've got? Yeah, so I, I partnered with, with my buddy uh, Anderson Voss out of Las Vegas and, and their location is called Voss Automotive Group. Um, and I, I met this guy, again, very organically, which is, is always nice for friendships moving forward, uh, getting tattoos. And we were both getting a tattoo at the same shop, and we started talking cars and the, and the military trucks. And it just, you know, it snowballed and kind of worked out for, for us to partner on all of the builds moving forward. So with the Gladiator, for example, it was different for us because the Ferraris are always, it, we, we start with clay and, and then clay to uh, scanning, scanning to molds. And it's just everything's fabricated ground up. So it's a whole different process, and, and it's a longer process. With the Jeep, a lot of things bolt on. Um, so I got to Vegas maybe nine days ago, um, and we, we did start to finish the entire Jeep in about eight days. Eight sleepless days, but, you know, eight days nonetheless. So, so you um, had your own little, like, SEMA crunch yeah, for sorts of, like, nine days. We thought we weren't going to do that this year. You know, we thought with, uh, you know, with how everything was going, it's bolt on. It'll be easy. You know, we'll just bolt. You know, it's not going to be a problem. And it always comes down to the wire. And actually, speaking of crunch, on the last night, 2 a.m., we finished it. We had to load in here at 7.30 a.m. that day. Um, 
the tow truck driver came, or the, the flatbed, and he didn't want to take it because it was too wide. So we borrowed a trailer, and we, we loaded the trailer. Everybody's celebrating. We have a drink in hand. The truck's going up the ramp, and as the rear tires touch the top of the ramp and get on the trailer, the trailer snapped in half. Uh, the truck fell off. didn't damage anything. didn't touch anything. The motorcycle on the back almost smashed, and I, I recorded the whole thing, so I can't wait to share it. But that was, uh, you know, the SEMA story that everybody always, always has every SEMA every year, and it was no different this year. So with this being, the Gladiator being your daily driver, how long have you had it for then? Um, three months. Okay. Yeah. How many miles have you put on it in those three months? It has uh, 2,500 miles. Which isn't bad. No, yeah. And then where, where's the next place you're going to, I mean, it's obviously it's designed, but it would seem to be a specific person as to like sort of tackle the outdoors at sort of this point. You know, LA has been difficult with everything, maybe more so than anywhere else in the country. Um, and it's nice to get out of it. And, yep. and, to, and the one thing I've noticed is in the mountains, everybody always behaves a little bit differently around things like this. So we wanted something that we could we could just keep stocked with everything we need to, to leave and bug out any time. And not necessarily in the doomsday prepper type of way, but just to get out and have a good weekend. Um, so it'll stay set up and throw a bag in and go. Um, and the whole, the whole point was just to put as many miles as we can on it, as fast as we can, because I want to swap the motor for the Elephant platform. And I don't want to pull a brand new motor out of a truck. It just I can't justify it. So I'm going to ruin that one first, and then we'll put the elephant in it. And um, I think the first trip we'll do is Thanksgiving up at Big Bear. I know people are testing for hammers and stuff up there around that time. Um, so we'll go camping, you know, and get out and, and do that. And then we'll do Mammoth for Christmas. Um, and then the plan is to do Rubicon, Moab, all the spots that you know everybody always goes to. I want to educate myself because it's a new market for me. Um, I'm, I'm humble and entering any industry because I want to learn I want to sponge all the knowledge I can so I'll take some of the guys that I've met through building this truck and let them kind of show me the ropes and make sure I know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it the best way possible and so with that being the case who are some of the people that you've partnered with in the building of the truck so which which is one of the beautiful things about it is every car we build brings new people into our lives and this one even though I love the Ferraris this has brought more people that I think are immediate friends and it's been great so Metal Cloak is, they've been in the industry for a long time, and they did all of the body, the fenders, the under armor, uh, rockers, skins, everything, um, and the suspension, which I had never heard of the suspension before. Six-pack, there's four pistons and two remote reservoirs, shafts, two shafts coming out of the top and the bottom, so you get all of that articulation in a small shock body. Um, and I, ner I got nerdy on that because I saw it, and then I was like, whoa, this is awesome, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, and they're, they're, they're really well-versed in what they do. Everything's functional. And their thing has come up, let's do Rubicon. We'll, t we'll teach you how this works properly. So I'll, I'll definitely utilize that, uh, that option. Um, you know, Curry did the axles, the Extreme 60s, because knowing that we're going to swap the motor at some point, we wanted to make sure we had everything in place to handle the power. Um, and Adam's drive shafts did these monster drive shafts. So everything is ready to go when that yeah, time comes. Yeah, it's nice comes. to be prepared. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, KMC did the wheels. We matched, you know, the Jeep matches one of our Ferraris, so we did the wheels to match that too. Um, the Rokon on the back, the 2x2, two two, it's a front chain drive, rear chain drive, so it's basically the 4x4 four four motorcycles. The, the wheels double as a fuel container, or you can flip it on its side, float it downstream. So when you get to tight trails and you can't take the truck up anymore, you pull the bike down and then rip it with that. And it's, a, it's good fun. My wife can ride it. Everybody can have a good time on it. Um, so, yeah, so we painted that to match the back. Thule did the tent. Thule and Tapui merged, and now they're one entity, so they did the tent. Um, and then the annex and the awning. Uh, and then inside of the bed racks, the power tanks, uh, Pelican cargo, 
for which their new cargo is, is basically attaches to the roof rack, you know, locks down in the bed rack, uh, kind of hangs like saddlebags. Um, but you know, we've got plenty of storage for everything, uh, refrigeration for food. It's 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 fully set. You know, Baja designs the lighting, and I don't know anything about the proper colors for different uses and things like that. So. I trust these guys that we've partnered with, and I just tell them, you set it up how you would set it up with yours, and I'll trust that it's right. Because, you know, I'd rather I'd rather go in and, and learn why this is this way rather than just saying, well, this looks cool. Let's throw it on the truck. Yeah. And so with that being the case, and obviously 2020, as you've alluded to, is a little bit different. Um, how has it sort of impacted you and, and the work that you do then? With the, the with building Just the in Jeep? general. Oh, this year? With yeah. The, with the, okay, yeah. So... In the industry, I mean, we love events. We have a lot of fun going and representing companies, and, and, and this is how we've everybody I know in my life has been through cars. Um, but we also have a, a different business that's outside of cars in general. My wife is a ballet dancer, and we travel together for her work, and it's, it's basically like um, Comic-Con, but for dancers. So renting out resorts, and then there's 500 people, and there's classes, and there's performances. So that's normally what we're doing on weekends. Um, I'm behind the scenes for her with camera and video and film and things like that. Um, but in March, all of that canceled immediately. So we lost 95% of our income in a day, what, what it felt like maybe two days. And uh, it was tough. And my first thought, which is ironic that I went to SEMA with it, was, you know, F it, I'm not doing SEMA this year. I'm not doing anything car-related. I'm staying inside and I just want to, I don't want to do anything, because I was just pissed at how it had hit us. Yep. Um, you know, and we didn't, because we worked for ourselves, we didn't qualify for any of the unemployment or any of the stimulus kind of things like that, so it just seemed like a frustrating start to the year, obviously, for everybody. Um, but we shifted gears and re-navigated, reinvented how we did things a bit and, and made it work. So it, it's worked, now it's solid, and in doing so, we drove to the East Coast to visit my wife's family, and her father wanted a truck, which is how this kind of gladiator thing came to be. I, I wanted him to have a nice truck for a work truck, so we started shopping and weeding it down. We found the gladiator, and then I thought, well, I want a gladiator. Like, now I've shopped for him, and now I want one. I've shopped it. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me, right? Yeah, and they had, uh, they had Mopar had some kind of um, employee pricing at the time, and it was, it was a great deal in the trucks, and we went in, we ordered the gray, and we justified it by saying we're going to have to pay $1,500 to rent a car to come back across the country so let's just buy a brand new truck and I mean the math adds up there <laughs> yeah. honestly it's simple yeah yeah but um, we, as soon as we bought it it was two weeks of, of planning before we knew what we were going to do with it and, um, and just kind of researching the parts and things like that to make sure we, we dialed it in exactly how we would want it and then obviously you did the trip back and then you've done the, the SEMA portion now. Yeah. This leads to the, to the next thing. I mean, what's on the horizon for the, for the remainder of the year? So right now, Metal Cloak, um, my friend Scott from there, he, he has a Comanche with an LS swap that he, he built maybe 10 years ago. It's at Voss in Vegas right now for paint and refinishing. So we're going we're gonna to work on his truck, get that dialed in. Um, and then we've got, a, we've got a handful of Ferraris that are in the queue. So there's a 348 we're going to do, um, a Targa. It's going to be more of a tame build, not as much like our other ones. Um, and then I've got, which is this will be a fun one for next year, I've got a Mondial that we're doing a 430 swap in, and we're building that as a Baja car for next year's SEMA. So I'm hoping there's that a look to, to unpack with that one as well. Yeah, 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 and that's going to be the same wide body we did for last year. Only we'll structure everything and make sure it's all protected and things like that. But um, that'll be a fun car. Uh, my buddy Terry Madden is in, involved with Baja, and he, he knows he knows what he's doing. And I'll definitely tap him to to help us dial it in properly. And when it comes time to shake it down, 
I'll definitely put him in the seat at some point because um, with development, it, it's nice to have somebody behind the steering wheel that knows what they're doing and, and can feel when something's right or wrong, um, you know, for beta testing and for moving forward. Yeah, I like that um, you've gone down the Baja route instead of the Safari route. Yeah, yeah. I, keep it local. It'd be fun to, like, rip it and take it to SEMA dirty and filthy next year, you know? And, I mean, why not? It. you got all the trails there. Yeah, like, it'd be fun to do the Mint 400 or something with a Ferrari and then leave it filthy for broken, whatever happens, which it probably will break, you know? It is, it is a Ferrari. You know how that goes. And lots of things break on the Mint 400, non, 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 being like yeah. Italian uh, exotics, one yeah. might say. Yeah, exactly. And then, so I guess, what do you think might happen then for 2021? I mean, when do you, do you think events might come back? Do you think this could be... You know, a, a little at a time, I feel like it, we travel a lot, so we go to different states, and i got to be honest, it's not like it is in California and many other states. Mm -hmm. And when we, go, we went to Dallas the other day, and we walked into a hotel you know, with our mask on and everyone looks at you like you're crazy. And then you go into another state, you go to California, you walk in without one on, everybody looks at you like you're crazy. So it's difficult to navigate how it's going to be. But I don't see car people sitting down and not being able to do what they love for that much longer. Um, you know, I want everybody to be safe, obviously, but everybody's missing the fun. And it, it almost makes you regret neglecting the times when I went to a bar the other day in Colorado and I stood at a bar which I hadn't been at in a long time and a guy shook my hand also hadn't happened in a long time and he was talking so close and normally in non-COVID times I would be like oh man it's yeah get out of my face I can I can feel you breathing on me but then I was like yes there's a guy breathing in my face and I love it we're back to normal and it's it's weird the things that you kind of you know, don't you take for granted when you're not doing them. So I, I, I see 2021, it's got to get better. Um, little events are coming back. You know, I mean, this is an event, and I, I feel like we're, we're here at something that, granted, it's not the full public. Mm -hmm. A lot of people enjoy it. And even it's little small victories like this that make it feel like there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, the public will get to see it a few days after the fact, in fact, when this goes live kind of thing or right. on the air. But right. yeah. Yeah, but that's I mean, we're, true. We're seeing things like, obviously, like the cars and coffee events sort of filtering back into space, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it should only happen in their own time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, until then, you know, you gotta you got to take the wins where you can. Yeah, exactly. And this is one. Little wins, right? Little yeah. victories. Yeah. And with that being the case, then, Mitch, if, if people look to try and find out and find more about what you're doing, where's the best place to find you on the old social media? So my Instagram handle is um, button underscore built. And that's all we use. I don't, I mean, I, my website is uh, just basically merchandising. And I'll be honest, I, even posting on Instagram, I, I love the platform because you get to see so much cool, you know, builds and so, many, so much inspiration. Um, but it's also a necessary evil. Um, but that's where I post everything. And um, we don't really do anything else outside of that. But I, I keep everything fairly current. Um, we usually do a build journal for all the builds, um, video daily updates and things like that. And we'll keep doing that for, for the rest of the builds coming up as well. Well, Mitch, that's perfect. And I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and tell us through the Gladiator. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys for talking to me too. No, I mean, it, it truly is an incredible build. And I'm just looking forward to seeing all the stories that happens with it as, as the time moves on. I'm looking forward to breaking some stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the best way to have fun, right? Yeah, exactly. So thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening. Bye-bye.